0: Yes, we are back. It's board draw, episode number 56. The premise back. We're back,
1: better than ever. It's going hard. We're going so hard this season. If you're a fan from day one, put in the comments. Say I was here because trust me, the next couple of weeks you're not even gonna you're not even gonna know what's coming. Content wise, it's gonna blow your mind. Yeah, so. we've
0: we are about to release the biggest video that has ever hit this channel, maybe it ever hit the internet. Who knows? It could be. But today we are focusing on the return of the Premier League and it's back and it's glorious and Barclays it's better than back. ever. Barclays is back. Saturdays are for the boys. They have meaning. They're doing everything. It's good. What's the on about? It's just, it's, it, the Premier League's back and I have so much emotion because
1: we've what, had a couple of points. What's happened? So what's if, happened? if this is a little bit off the cuff... That's why.
0: We're freestyling as well. So much has happened over the weekend that it's almost difficult to talk about. So we're talking first about one Newcastle five. Aston Villa, Villa one. one. Going into the season, I was like, I like what Aston Villa
1: done last season a lot. I like who they've brought in. I might have already taken an L here because I had Aston Villa to finish fifth. And not that this kind of this decides didn't take the whole the season. season. No. But... I had Newcastle a couple of places below. I had Aston Villa fifth. And last season, when these two played each other towards the end of the season, it was a bit of a knock-knock kind of heavyweight clash. I think it finished 2 all or 3-2, something like that. And it was a good game, good showing. And not that this was any different. I think Aston Villa put on an okay show. The scoreline probably is a bit overwhelming in Newcastle's favour. Yeah, I feel like Newcastle scored pretty much actually maybe missed a couple but For the most out part, of like the chance, 7 yeah. or 8 chances they scored uh, got, they scored 5 of them Aston so Villa critical. had a few and just couldn't finish them but not to say anything away from Newcastle I thought Newcastle were outstanding and as much as I rated Aston Villa going forward I like Diaby I like what he's doing in this game I like Ollie Watkins as always quality player defensively I don't know if they've got too many reinforcements in defence is like with Diego Carlos, Pau Torres, and then I know the whole situation with, um, Ezra, uh, not Ezra Constant, fucking... Tyrone Mings. Tyrone Mings getting injured, so that probably threw a spanner and worked slightly. Yeah. But the defensive line looked all over Maybe the Maybe before we get into the game itself, should we talk about
0: um, the Tyrone Mings injury? Because it happened because a referee, uh, the fourth official didn't put up his flag for an offside call. So it happened at the end of an offside. Mm. And I know they've been told to keep their flags down until play concludes but we've just witnessed firsthand why a lot of players and a lot of managers are now turning on this rule and saying you're putting our players in unnecessary danger if a player's offside to start with they've already got a head, uh, an advantage so your player is going to be put in double the effort to try and, try and, and get back yeah, yeah. they might make a stupid lunge they might do the hamstring they might and it looked from the the footage that Tom Ramings had a pretty do- it looked very uh, popped his kneecap out yeah. looked really really bad yeah. and um maybe this is time And it's an example for...
1: I I should change the rule. You know Howard Webb's in charge of it all now. And you had like... So you watched the uh, Burnley-Man City game. And before the game, there was like a section where um, Gary Neville and Jamie Carragher went to interview Howard Webb about like the refereeing changes and like the officiating changes. And not that they're probably going there and going hard on him because they probably can't do that. But I feel like someone needs to have like a proper sit down and be like there are so many rules that are like either wrong or they've implemented them like the fucking added time thing and how the um, EFL are adding like 11-12 minutes on and then it came to the Prem and they were like oh we can't do it like the EFL how's that How, how how can it be different why are we testing it out in the EFL it should be Pre-tested is what it is. and that's like finalised when it goes to we the. NFL. We it, like we liked it
0: in the World Pigger. Cup. It was nice because we had no there was no football. It was the World Cup. Everyone was in for it. It's great. Like you got an extra ten minutes of football. Added all the drama. But when you get that week in week out, I think Kevin De Bruyne was saying we're going to be end up playing an extra ninety minutes over the course of like 9, 10, yeah. 11 games. So you're playing four extra games a season almost. It's really like and that. When it gets to that level where you're playing at the highest level, yeah, it's not you can't do that. And there's an argument to be made that it also is less beneficial for the lower like teams in the division, 100%. So, teams like Luton, teams like Sheffield United, teams like Burnley, they don't have the squad depth that a Man City do. They can't afford to bring on a 50 million pound player off the bench, yeah. Their bench isn't 200 million like exactly, yeah. So, no matter you can give them the same amount of substitutions, but. You're just, all you're doing is widening in an already wide gap.
1: Yeah, 100%. The only positive is it probably brings up academy prospects quicker, but even still... It's but then, even it. still, it like, like Man City
0: have the... And i use Man City as an example, but it's not just Man City. Man City, Chelsea, even Arsenal, Man United, Liverpool, Tottenham, they've got
1: the first dibs on all the academy prospects. Well, you've seen Chelsea don't need, size, um, don't need Lavia, but they've got... They just signed Lavia. Just signed Lavia for... Bought 60 million. So, it's one yeah. of those where it is tapped. But, let's talk about the game. So, 5-1 Newcastle. Starting off, first five minutes, we had goals from two debutants. So, my boy, Sandro Ternali, I saw a lot of people on the timeline come in and say, oh, uh, 50 million from AC Milan. He isn't that guy. I saw in big pair with not- and... Well, everyone was like, oh, he's a pillow, but not really pillow." And was like, if you watch a little bit of Serie A, you know he's, you not, know Pir- he's not that guy. He's... he's
0: closer to Gattuso than pillow. 100%.
1: He's, 100%. he's a bit more aggressive, a bit more, a bit less technically kind of sexy. But what we saw, what I saw in the first kind of 10, 20 minutes of this game is what he'll do for Newcastle. Whereas like Bruno Guimaraes, kind of holds the ball and kind of takes the ball up the pitch what Tanali was doing is quick it's, it's quick, hold, hold it for up. a second and pass it up it's hold it for a second and pass it up
0: and so like when you start that sort of you make that decision so deep within the pitch mm. it causes a whole shift in the defensive structure of the other team they, he will turn and instantly he's got two players over to him and then the opposing team is split mm. so do we do we play to this side or the, the other side yeah and so it's to have that sort of vision uh, I early on we are saying he's not technically the best he's still technically excellent Yeah, really proficient technically but he's now enabling Bruno Grimores to do so much more than mm. he was able to do last season and we know just how good Bruno Grimores is
1: and then like we saw at Tonali first minute uh, first few minutes he's in the box scores a goal and then a couple of minutes after that he missed quite a good chance where he broke into the box as well so he's not only doing the deep line work him and Bruno will if Newcastle what they do is they kind of pressure the opposing team so heavily. And maybe that'll expire when, I don't know, down the season where they're playing back-to-back Champions Champions League, then Prem. Maybe the pressure won't be there. But right now, when everyone's fresh, they can overwhelm teams with their pressure. And Bruno and Tonali will get in the box and score a nice amount of goals, I think, this season.
0: Yeah, no, I agree. I think Newcastle as a team, what maybe if you had to pick one word to define them, it's probably solid. Just Yeah. There is... Hungry, you know, I'd call There's them. a there's a lack of weakness throughout the team. There was there not a single area where you go, that's a weak spot. No. Whereas maybe even for like a team like Arsenal, you could be like, oh yeah, left back, that's a weak spot or something like that. i could uh, probably say that about Newcastle. You probably could, but they're competing on two different fronts. Or are they? They're not. These are questions that must be asked. But yeah, for me, the star of the show
1: was one Alexander Isaac and I'll pitch this question to you before we started, is Alexander Isak, and I'll pitch it to you guys watching at home, is he the second best striker in the Premier League? Erling Haaland, we all know, is a different category. He's an alien. He's a a freak of nature. But if you were to ignore him, now that Harry Kane is uh, lacing his boots in the Bundesliga, he's sprinkling the douche. Who is the second best striker in the Premier League? I said that so weird. (laughs) Second best striker in the Premier League. Um, for me, it,
0: the question has to be asked in a certain way. You have to... For you, it's harder because you have a
1: bias to Arsenal. And I you, think I'd still pick up a, Isak. And you know what you, you need in your team. You know what I've got a bias towards? Strikers that do their tech like Thierry Henry. And yeah. he is. But the problem is, he's so as nice. As
0: is when you have a player that's tall like him. Fast, and, but techie. Just,
1: but fast and techie and just... Genuinely, since Tiernon Reed, I haven't seen many strikers that do that kind of thing since Tiernon Henry. and he's he's just very reminiscent, like li- like drifts over to the left hand side, like he's a tall, powerful, but got disgusting tech. And then in the box, the two finishes he did on the weekend, outrageous. The one where he got it and dinked it over uh, Martinez, that's Tiernon Reed to a teammate, and wow, oh, it turns me on a little bit. Yeah, I, I was gonna say it, he.
0: The only other way you can sort of merit is he the second best is if you take other Premier League strikers and match them off? So would you rather have for Arsenal would you rather have him or would you rather have Callum Wilson He's Him. Yeah. would you rather have him or Mitrovic
1: him would you rather have him Ivan Toni Ivan Toni is the only one that I reckon gets semi-close maybe at yeah, Oli Watkins I like Oli Watkins a lot different though but finishing even Ivan Toney and um, Isak are a league above Ollie Watkins. Ollie Watkins needs about three chances to score one. If you gave yeah. either of them two three chances, they'd score three or two. Yeah.
0: and then But you look at like other potential top six sides in Chelsea, May United, lacking a striker. I know Nicholas Jackson had a semi-decent Yeah, most teams
1: against... have got kind of unproven strikers. Nicholas yeah. Jackson, Hojland, yeah. Darwin Nunez. Yeah. There's a it's, lot of unproven strikers. It's hard, isn't and it? And not a lot of bagsmen.
0: Yeah, and I, it'd be interesting because we know Isak came in and instantly was sort of injured for a long period yeah. of time. It'd be interesting to see how well he finishes. I mean, he came the...
1: with a price tag sixty five million. He it wasn't cheap. He should be doing, but
0: this. he was. He was like, yeah. even from his days early on when he went to Borussia Dortmund as a, like, a youngster. I think he was like sixteen. Mm. Real Sociedad. He was yeah. good, and everyone knew it. He was very highly
1: rated, and there's a reason. Like people don't, people aren't highly rated for no reason. Another highly rated st- um, signing that Newcastle got was one Harvey Barnes.
0: It's Harvey Barnes. Ooh. Big fan
1: of Harvey Barnes. And I yeah. think he's the kind of um, reinforcements that a club like Newcastle need now that they're, like we were saying, competing on multiple fronts. Because it's all well and good bringing up the academy prospects like Elliot Anderson, Sean Longstaff, etc. But And they probably will come good when they mature a bit more but you're competing you're buying like, a fi- you're buying a finished product you here. need to start buying now that you're competing at the very top you can't really bank on buying potential anymore and that's i think where chelsea have gone but that's a discussion for another day that's probably in line with the fact that they probably going to get a hefty transfer ban and that's why they're buying potential but they should they spent 800 million and probably brought one final product and probably if what? that. Caicello. Yeah, and he's not even a final I would product. I wouldn't say he's a final product. Yeah. Maybe he's had, he's the only like, we, we final we product saw, they like, brought is he Nkunku, had, maybe he had,
0: he had a good season
1: last season. It's, but
0: so did Kukurela before him. Isn't the only final product they brought? Potentially, but he's not even proven in the Prem. He's not right. like he's not like a prem it's not like, it's like rise. It's one of those. He's not a Prem proven. Where
1: player. like Newcastle He's not Jack Grealish. he's not a Prem proven player. Needs to start buying Proven prem players, and that's why I really like the uh, Harvey Barnes. Lineup. Yeah,
0: we've always been quite big fans of Harvey Barnes on this podcast. Shout out Barnesy, um, just because we have fantastic taste in football players. Shout out Fanta. But um, yeah, speaking of Fanta, Harvey Barnes is a fantastic player. <laughs> but yeah, um, he's just he just is good. He has, and I've seen him be slated for his output, but his output is really exceptional, especially for last season where what do he get like fourteen
1: goals. You know, my guy as. as as, for as long as I've kept an eye on him I've always seen him hit double digit goals the, the minute Jamie, Jamie Vardy started to fall off and couldn't get
0: past the 10 goal mark yeah. Harvey Barnes was there and without him and Madison
1: Leicester would have been rock bottom last season. 100% he, for me he's a goal contribution kind of he, he reminds course. me a little bit of like Martinelli in terms of he
0: when he gets his head up he's looking for the goal yeah yeah. like and he that's what he's going for and he he doesn't see himself as he's like he, yeah, he puts the crosses and he gets the balls into his striker's feet but his main focus is Get i'm on, gonna man. look up and if it's on it's on and i'm gonna go for the goal yeah and and that's what i really like because i think alice maxim was almost the opposite whereas he was like i'm gonna do six step overs go to the byline i'm gonna come back to the edge of the box and he was brilliant at it. yeah it was
1: wonderful to watch but it wasn't as effective Harvey Barnes is pure effectiveness. And that's what I think we said on the podcast a couple of weeks ago where Newcastle, I think Eddie Howe's the kind of manager where he isn't building a team around players that are individuals. And I think Alan saint as much as I love him, he was a bit of an individual player. Like you said, we'll do the extra step over when he doesn't need to. Whereas Eddie Howe is trying to build a unit that no one's going to specifically stand out as like still the limelight. But as a unit, they're going to be so effective. They're going to score five goals. But everyone's going to contribute, everyone's going to do something important. It's not one guy getting all five, it's yeah, as a unit, they're so good.
0: Yeah, they're not, they don't rely on one player, and that's that's almost to their benefit. Like you
1: see, they took off Isak Callum Wilson comes on scores,
0: scores, yeah. yeah. I mean, you've got Anthony Gordon, you've got um, Barnes and Jacob Murphy all, all rotate, Al yeah. Moran, all rotate, all win an assist. Yeah, I mean, it's it, they have depth there it's now, there, yeah. which is great. And I think under the leadership of Eddie Howe. There may be like almost no limit to where this club can go, unless they really are striving to be a dominant fixture for years to come. And I think we might get there one day. But anyhow, what a job he's doing! Because I don't think not anyone would expect them to have blown away, uh, Unai Emery's Villa quite how they did after how Villa sort of ended the season was absolutely
1: phenomenal. Let's talk about Aston Villa. Why do you think they got blown away so hard? After uh, they had a pretty decent preseason, I, I think like these their two, These two like. played each other in preseason. I think it was three two or three all. Yeah, it was qu- it was a close. So game. why do you think this game was so different to how they how the the game at the end of last season where they played each other I and the preseason one?
0: You can only take so much from a fir- the first game of the season. Mm. Some teams will be so far, much further ahead in their preparation than mm. other teams. You don't know quite the intensity that teams have trained at. It's a long season. I think if we play this game again in maybe like four or five game weeks, then you might, you're might you going oh to see yeah. a completely different outcome here. Um, I like the way that Arsenal have gone about their business. They went about it early. Proactive. And yeah. they were proactive, yeah. and Which is what
1: we said about the Jack Grealish move. When they lost Jack Grealish, they were proactive. They did in, it before. They, they even did lost their him. moves before that. And it's kind of like now they do their moves early
0: as and, well. We liked what we saw from them a lot last season. And I don't think that's just disappeared after the back, off the back of one result. And if anything, it's made alleviated any super expectations. I mean, they're competing in Europe as well this season, let's not forget. Yeah. Um. And I like their addition. I like Torres a lot. Mm-hmm. I think Tielemans on a free is a fantastic business as well. I think yeah. he's definitely a player. Um, he is a player. He's not, but he's a baller. He, he is. is a baller. He you was... see that
1: little video where they did during pre-season where he wore the, the chest cap? So gun. sick. Tapped. I love it man. It was like scary. In How the sense- quick it is, isn't it? Yeah, like overwhelming. Yeah.
0: I mean it, it's a different level. Yeah. Um you got these men on podcasts saying that they could do it. He's always scored ten goals a season in the Premier League.
1: Mate, like you can even do us. Anyone that's a two person podcast, the one's the one v one, me and Luke. Or two v two.
0: Yeah, and nah. that but for me, I think. I saw two different teams there. and St James Park is always Actually, going to be a hard place. Two different teams. St James Park is going to be a hard place to go anywhere yeah. anyway on the first game of the season, mm-hmm. especially first game back they got Champions League this season. Yeah, probably just, not many harder places to go first game. Yeah, it is it is a it's a fortress mm. of a stadium. Um and I think Villa to me they looked like the team that wasn't quite there. Yeah. It looked a bit scattered. It didn't and I think the intensity of which Newcastle started the game really put them on the back foot like they they were like oh we're in trouble already from the off
1: i think for me it was a combination of newcastle's new sign-ins they were a bit more settled and aston villas weren't fully incorporated into the team yet and then like you said it was a very quick start from newcastle so i think it was doubly overwhelming for aston villa and then not that I rate Tyro Mings massively, but they've done the whole preseason with him as their number one centre-back. T- to lose him early on and bring in Pau Torres, who probably got thrown in a little bit at the deep end. I think the combo of him and Esri Conta will work and yeah. will be good. But yeah, I think early on... Who's the, other, I, who's I, the Brazilian centre-back? Diego Carlos. Diego Carlos. I
0: think he needs to come in. And I be think good.
1: what I saw early on is that there was just a, a lack of communication. So there was a point where Almiron made a run to kind of break the, the lines... And Paul Torres was tucked in and Ezra Consor watched Almiron make this run, but I don't know if maybe they're not talking to each other, can't speak each other's language, or not really on the same wavelength at this point. He didn't even speak to Pal Torres and just let Almiron make this run. And I was kinda like Maybe that'll sort there's itself out. Happen, but like yeah. early on, there's the chemistry's not there at the moment. I mean, and I think that I got think picked off by Newcastle. You look at their
0: back line, I think Paul Torres is probably the the star centre back in that in terms of that. Yeah, I mean it is it's a bit wild that Con- uh, Con- uh, Tyron means is like I know he's like is, he, they're borderline like vice-captain or something yeah he know. must be still yeah for me their issues come Matty Cash and uh, Luka Dignia I, I don't really know how good they were like did Luka play or was it um, yeah, Alex yeah Luka was on Ah, oh. yeah yeah what happened to Alex Moreno maybe he's injured I think Luka Dignia is past it I think yeah. he peaked at Everton hmm and his peak even fell off towards the end there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Matty Cash, I thought he was a good sign from Forrest. I like Matty Cash. I don't think he's... If you're like a top seven Premier League team, there's probably better options out there.
1: You I think who I think they could go for? And this is Ballsy. Shall. No. Oh. Aaron wan Saka. I don't think he'll leave. No, neither do I. I think Man United probably use him now. But I think he's, yeah, if so. I put in like a nice little offer, I, I like the idea of Wan-Bissaka there. Yeah, yeah, it's not bad. Anyway, so yeah, 5-1 Newcastle. Very decent result for them. Puts them top of the league to start the Premier League it season. Also, that result sort of, it sets a precedent now. And a lot of
0: people were questioning, did Newcastle overachieve last season? And I think... This quiets
1: a lot of that doubt, and it puts them. It just shows them how much merit they have. I don't know if it does it yet, but what I tell you, what their next few games are cooking. So they got Man City and then Liverpool. Chelsea, or is it Liverpool? Man City, Liverpool, Brighton. I think Man City, Liverpool, Brighton. I can neither confirm nor deny, <laughs> but um, so they got Man City away, yeah, and then it's Liverpool at home. That's rough. And then it's Brighton away, no? And if... Yeah. So, yeah, if they come out of game week four... With 12 points... Pff, 12 points would be mad. But if... Like, a, a few wins. If they come out with three wins out of those four, Newcastle will get top four. I mean, I'm starting the, w-
0: the year to... Uh, the season that's To Villa, City, war. Liverpool and Brighton... Yeah, that's rough. Doesn't really get much... That's harder, too, than like... That. like
1: Top eight and a two top fours. That's, yeah,
0: and that's like Brighton
1: and N- Villa, are probably like their rivals in terms yeah, of sort that's, of. That's a strong game. start from Newcastle, but it all depends on if you can keep it flowing. Come back to me after game week four, and we'll see what they're saying. Next game that we're going to talk about is two teams that stunk up the gaff last season: um, Chelsea, the biggest scumbags in the Premier League; Liverpool, Liverpool and then Chelsea. Liverpool who uh, this is the um, two big fat L's last Saicedo yeah. Classico. <laughs> yeah, yeah El Saicedo. Right. El Saicedo. Fuck knows. Yeah. yeah, it's and the, the
0: cust- Lavia Did you ever
1: watch WWE where Eddie Guerrero and Rey Mysterio had a match where they were like fighting over who gets custody of Rey Mysterio's son? This is like these two fighting over who gets custody of Saicedo. And this match didn't even decide it, it finished 1 0. So, what are your thoughts on the game, Nick? Um,
0: yeah, it was. Uh, do you know what the last few fixtures between these two teams? It's been so boring, bro. I think it's like, what is was it like last four had been nil nil, slightly nil yeah. Just dry. Um, I was very excited for Liverpool going into the the season. Then they didn't get Lavia. they didn't get Casemiro, they lost Fabinho. And i was thinking getting worse and worse, isn't it? So I'll give and you my two cents on then it. Then they started a 4-2-4. Mm-hmm. And... It screams to me of a man in charge who's going... I'm going to do this
1: and hope it works. I'll give you my two cents. Liverpool this season will score a lot of goals. But they will get fucked defen- they're s- defensively so bad. And yet yeah, against teams where they have all the possession they'll probably pump them 5-6-0. But against a good team that's uh, kind of outmuscles Liverpool in the midfield where Liverpool are non-existent, Liverpool are going to get fucked.
0: Yeah.
1: And Chelsea, as much as I don't think they're great in any department in particular, one department that I think they're pretty decent in is midfield. I mean, and they spend midfield- enough money on it. Yeah. <laughs> but Enzo is a fucking Rolls Royce of a midfielder. He's, he's unreal. He Who's is better? Him so- or Bellingham? Probably it's Bellingham. got to be Jude. Yeah, but it's close. I think close. Jude is better than him. I but... think Enzo is so good. Single-handedly, and I thought McAllister and Shabosley both had pretty good games, but Enzo, on his own, as a midfield... Gallagher, don't know what he's doing playing midfield like. I, he's not good enough to be in a top-six team. He, I he, think is... he looked better on the potter than he did on the Lampard or Potter. He's just such potter. a nothing player. He does a lot of everything and not enough of anything. It's, yeah, it's, it's like he's very average at everything. Yeah, just get him to a team where they need someone that's got legs and put him in there, he'll shine. But a team just where you need elite he's quality... To, he's not good deep. You need someone that's elite quality, and I think that's what Sassado will bring alongside Enzo. But Enzo, on his own, was running the show in yeah. midfield. And he was so good at making quick transitions, and he was catching that Liverpool defence out so often. And I think Liverpool, if they don't sign a sixth... I put them third in my oh, Premier League. Mate, I don't reckon they're getting top four. So, six. we're filming this on the day
0: where Saicedo is confirmed to sign for Chelsea and Lavia is all but confirmed to be picking Chelsea as well. It's a which, double pie. Which is a problem because I also thought Lavia wasn't the answer. I thought he's a, he's, a, he's a, he is a option. I don't think either of them were the perfect answer. Caicedo behind McAllister and Shabazz is like good, but I don't know if Saicedo on a single pivot. No, I, I think yeah, he needs someone next to him. Yeah. So, but yeah, I just I, I'm worried now. I am worried for Liverpool. After watching that game, they I'm need very they need to now go big, and they need to get someone who can play the single six perfectly. Mm. Because if they, that is the difference between them finishing outside of top four and challenging for the league. In my opinion, 100%, yeah, go, like how good. do you end up with yet? Yeah, you've got Luis Diaz, Diego Soto, Cody Gakpo, Darwin Nunez, Mohamed Salah, even like uh, Harvey Elliott. It's probably someone else that I'm missing. Like, yeah, they've got such depth going forward. Yeah, how the fuck do you not have a six, man? Are you fucking stupid? Like, where the fuck is your recruitment staff doing? Are they fucking on holiday or something, man? How the fuck do these people have jobs? I'm, t- I'm not even kidding yet. Have like Klopp's staff around him just fucked off and just been like, "I oh, will deal with it when it comes to it." Because what are you gonna do? Play four-two-four for the rest of the year? You gonna play four-two-four for the rest of the season? Are you playing FIFA, man? Are you fucking stupid? I'm just saying, it's ridiculous. These are these are not just professionals, yeah? yeah. They're the most highly paid professionals in the world.
1: It's, yeah, no, it's and, crazy. And you're
0: telling me that you didn't have the foresight to think, right, well, we might lose though. Oh, Fabinho said he's going to leave. Oh, maybe we just... Do some
1: fucking groundwork. Yeah. Do some fucking. And it's research. not even like they're gonna leave. You saw that they both had pretty shit last season. I know. Yeah. At they that point, even good. You, yeah. At that point, you need to start recruiting. But then you like they. Started, then you they- lost them, and it brings that whole plan forward even quicker. They tried to bring in Bayatich a little bit, mm. but he,
0: I think he's too young, a bit too raw. I liked him. I thought he was very Sergio Busquets esque. Sort of like, obviously, no one's as good as Busquets. But, but yeah. It's, it's getting a bit ridiculous now. Like you needed to sign a midfielder, and you signed two midfielders who sort of do the same thing but differently. In McAllister's words, like, "Well, I think it's great additions." You need so you need that midfielder. If the transfer window ends and you don't have that six, you are fucked.
1: I, it do be like that. I don't even want to be that guy that is like it's all doom and gloom. But from what I watched. They're just getting caught out in transitions. And now that you've got Trent tucking into midfield as well...
0: I don't like it. I my like guy
1: it. is running around like a headless chicken. Like, he when he's on the ball... It. It's fucking hunky-dory, mate. He's quality. But when he's not on the ball, my guy... I saw him at one point make a t- uh, tackle at left-back. And I was like, bruv, you should not be at left-back right now. And it's just like... He has no kind of defensive IQ in terms of where he should be, when he should be there. And so if, if you don't have a I smart don't... six to tell him what to do or... Let him be a fucking headless chicken, but that's six he's smart is, enough Trent to so cover, then it's, it's it, you're in trouble if no one's covering Trent.
0: He's so weird for me because I think he, obviously everyone can see, he's such a good footballer. And it's like, how can you be such a good footballer? You have such brilliant technique, you have such brilliant vision, but you have no sense of positioning. Mm. You have no sense of what your instructions on the pitch to do. Maybe he's given instructions, but he's just doing it wrong. Mm. or maybe he's been given the wrong instructions I don't know yeah I don't because know. I feel like he's almost been given a free role there how the fuck your right back got a free role? are you mad especially like, just, right now when the defence is not solid you think about the pitch like a, like a balance yeah your, your pitch is going like this like it's, it, it's fucked I don't like it I think it's an idea it's not worked he, he was better towards in the last season when he was doing that but you had Fabinho there. but you had Fabinho you even had Hendo at points. McAllister can't be your deep. You, it's deep. So, well, I like McAllister. I saw Curtis but. Jones maybe being touted at the six. Curtis Jones, are you fucking... Stu- it's ridiculous. It, there's too much stupidity going on, yeah? It's pissing me off. It's so simple, but you can't fucking get it right. How the fuck are you in these positions where you're just making stupid decisions every time? You've done so well for so long, and you're fucking up. Get your shit together. I like what you're doing, though.
1: Wallahi, that was mad. Um, let's move on to Chelsea because it's a bit uh, less infuriating. No, it's probably more infuriating. 821 million. Let's change the game completely. Let's talk about Arsenal. No, I'm joking. Nah. Let's talk about Chelsea. Nah. What I did like about Chelsea, Nicholas Jackson, I think he's a bit of a little gem. I know he didn't get on the score sheet, but I think he was doing all the right things. The runs that he was making, I like the look of also, them. Can we just, bit of a handful can we up just appreciate Togo Silva, 39 years of age. Yeah, good.
0: I saw a tweet where it was like if he was on my foot manager I would have sold him 15 seasons ago yeah true that what an outrageous player yeah what an absolute outrageous player but he's got to go down as one of the greatest centre-backs of all time yeah he's up there for me with like a Sergio Ramos probably not a, as good as Maldini but for longevity's sake yeah good player what an unreal what an unreal engine round of applause for, so, uh, for Tiago Silva and you got a Dave song on real yeah I was going to say you got a very good song as well yeah Shout out, but yeah, no, um, yeah, Nicholas Jackson, also, Luis Diaz got his first goal, on, uh, yeah, that's cool. Yeah, no, Luis Diaz is good though. Yeah, I like Luis Diaz. That's another option, you know. Mm. Just NSG, they got options. Uh,
1: options, yeah. yeah. Nicholas Jackson, talk to me about him. What do you like about him so much? I like him. He's just doing all the right things. I know uh, the goals will come for me. It's one of those things where as long as you do the right things, you'll get goals. He was making front post runs, like that a lot. Reese James, that little right-hand side um, combination of Reese James and Sterling, saw a lot of Chelsea fans get on Sterling because I thought he, was one of the best he didn't like score or assist. I thought Sterling and Reese James as a unit on the right-hand side is something you can build on. English chem, they seem to... Sterling's always one of those players that tucks in, and Reese James always holds the line, but they swap over at the right time. They've got a nice little bit of chemistry. It reminds me very much of Saka and... Ben White they do the similar things obviously attacking uh, Rhys James is a lot better than Ben White but Saka's a lot better than um, Sterling so it's one of those things where they're doing the similar things they'll invert and go wide at the same time or the winger will hold the touchline and the defender will tuck in I like that I think Chelsea should build on that and then on the other side I wasn't sold on Chukwameka. I think he's good but
0: I like Chukwemeka, I right. think... Did you see Ruben Loftus-Cheek got a hat-trick for AC Milan?
1: Yeah, I did. That's mad. But I think what I'd like to see is instead of two kind of eights in Sterling, Chukwemeka and Jackson, I'd like to see two wingers in Sterling and Mudrick and then Jackson. just more aggressive, isn't because it? Because what I saw is kind of like a lobsided situation. You have situation. width on one side and no width. Exactly that. Whereas like, if you do what um, Sterling and Rhys James have got on that side with Ben Chilwell and Mudrick...
0: I really I like that I idea like that. a lot. I think if they go for the sort of the Saidedo and Enzo holding, that's a good But enough but then pin. but then you change into a single pivot, you've got the wide, you've got the width out front. So you've got Mudryk, Sterling, you're going to have so much space in those inner channels between the uh, the, the full backs and the inside uh, center backs. It's going to be... Yeah, you'll have a lot of joy there. And you've got someone in Enzo who's really good going forward as well. Like, yeah. he, he he can hit it from yard. He can get... He can find that final pass into the ball box. Like, it, it,
1: I feel like that is the way forward. You've got to have two very elite players. And we've said this for time to play three at the back with two midfielders. And Chelsea have finally got two midfielders that could play a double pivot together at a very high level in the Saicedo And they've probably Enzo. two
0: of the most elite wing backs. Maybe not
1: in just... Premier League but world football when they're fit, yeah. Ignore me, I, they're not finished. I lied, I did it for the views. You're still right about the on I was, but yeah, um, I think Chelsea, I don't think they're ready to fully cook this season. I think there's still a lot of unknowns in terms of who their f- like fleshed out best 11 is, and then they've got so many kind of 17 to 20 year olds where I think there's going to be a stage where either they've got a cull half a squad. Or there's going to be kind of turmoil about players oh, not...
0: Or they're going to administration. Yeah,
1: there's going to be a situation where there's a lot of players angry about not getting game time. Do you know what's good though? Well, for them anyway, not for me. I don't really like Chelsea.
0: It's good because it's looking better than last season. Yeah. Already, there is such stark improvement. Yeah. You
1: look like you've got a team there. I think, yeah. For me, Chelsea, I would be semi-excited. But... You should be semi-excited. You spent eight hundred million, so fuck Chelsea. <laughs> Let's. I want to talk about. We we're going to talk about
0: like the Arsenal uh, Forest game. Let's talk about Arsenal and Man City
1: because
0: I've seen <laughs> some people saying that Arsenal's performance was as good as Man City's performance on the first game of the season, and I'm not saying yes or no. I just want to sort of know your opinion on it because Man City the performance was more more dominant. I've got the perfect answer for this. But it was against
1: a I'd say the level promoted. of opponent was pretty similar because I think Burnley put on quite a good show. I'd say my perfect answer for this is it very much mirrors how each of us is going to go about this season and how much uh, is pretty much how we went about last season. Man City I'd say were a little bit less good at their peak in this game than we were, but they were they maintained their dominance the whole way through. Didn't let Burnley really have a sniff apart from a couple of chances. Yeah, there was a
0: couple of mistakes. Uh, Rico Lewis. Yeah, mainly just mistakes. mistakes. But also, let's just talk about Rico Lewis getting attacked by a fucking lighter. Yeah, that's weird. What, what's wrong with you, man? He's literally a kid. Like yeah. the man that threw it probably has kids older than Rico Lewis. Yeah, and they, his kids are probably out there doing like mad heroin or something and Rico Lewis is out there balling out in the Premier League get your shit together man throwing lies like that you little bitch
1: Looks on crap this man. episode but yeah so I think Man City they hold their dominance longer in games than Arsenal have for the last couple of seasons Arsenal I think at their peak th- uh, this game week one played better football than Man City did in their peak this game but I, just, I mean Martinelli did bits but our peak didn't last the whole game. It lasted about 45 minutes. I like Whereas Man you, City were good for about 70-80.
0: You were more flashy than Man City.
1: Was team.
0: But I think even last season, you were more flashy than Man City. You relied more on moments of individual brilliance. The Martinelli assist, the sack of goal this this game. There were more moments of individual brilliance resulting in a goal. And you have a lot of those individual moments because you have such a quality forward line. Man City's is all like... You, the Erling Haaland, early header... It's just, you know that they've practiced that hundreds of times on the training pitch. The, um, what was the second goal? He's always smashing it off the crossbar. That through ball. They, it, it It's not, it's not like, it's sexy because we know like, it's like a mathematician's find like it's numerical sexy, but like it just, it's sexy if you love football tactics. Yeah. Whereas like anyone would see the Martinelli little turn, the, the back heel like, or the sack of cutting, so like, anyone knows you. You never have to watch a game of football. You know that takes a lot of skill. Yeah.
1: So it's two different levels of. I think for me, it just comes down to like they are more ruthless. They'll kill a game off, whereas like we haven't got to that kind of ruthless stage yet where we're killing off games. It was like, well, the uh, Pep grabbed at Harland at half time and was like, "How can you be two
0: like score two and get a grilling from your manager? Yeah, because he's. I, he don't, I don't think he played the ball to Bernardo or yeah. Bernardo's shot or something. When I, I don't know. Bernardo yeah. could have played him through. I. That's but we, yeah. they, are, they are so ruthless. And yeah. for me, it's it's way too early in the season to make any sort of valid assumptions. I know we literally did, did our predictions last week. I already said to Roz, I was like, just off of the game we won alone. You bottled it. Not in the forest. I was so impressed. I, I really was. And I thought that, like, I don't think Arsenal were at it, like maybe even 70% of what we're going to see.
1: To be fair, season. the first half, we did completely play them off the pitch. Yeah, but you only went in what shooting it up yeah you didn't kill the game off in the no that, that's our prerogative they were shit the first but, half
0: but were they shit or
1: were you really good or was bit it a bit of, bit of
0: both we were like 80% possession of I, yeah I think you weren't even like 65% as good as you like you mm, will be this I season I don't know I think when you get cooking you're going to be like it's going to be really scary but for me I thought they were good I thought Tyler Awani is going to be an absolute machine this season I think if he stays fit you're looking at 13, 14, 15 goals this season from him. I like that. Um, Anthony Alanga when he came on changed the game. I, I'm worried for them a little bit in the sense that they've got Alwani, who I think is going to be their number one striker, but they've got Brendan Johnson out on the right, Alanga, who I don't know is if he's going to start every game. But I think he should. But start what on happens the left. to Morgan's Gibbs white because you can't ha- you can't put him in centre midfield. He's not. It's he's too. He's big enough to be like probably a box to
1: box. But he's be- he is so good around the uh, that sort of like the edge of the penalty box. I think you have got to do what he does for England under twenty one. Playing as that most advanced kind of number ten. So what you have Danilo behind him with that Mangala guy. Okay, so what you play four
0: three three? Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, it's it'd be interesting to see how they sort of adapt to that because you've got four real quality forwards there yeah um, and they almost don't work in the same system but if he gets it to work it could be devastating I think it could be a top 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 team top top team but yeah that'd be I already put my hands on my prediction Forrest I'm sorry for exactly. you be good
1: what's the next Luke let talk a little bit about uh, Brighton Luton Brighton Luton sure talk to me about Brighton Luton
0: Took a little while for the game to get going, I think. Um no one really knew what Luton were gonna throw at Brighton. Cotton Morris getting on the score sheet, but it was another sort of Derby domination goal fest.
1: Yeah, Brighton had so many chances. They should have scored about seven or eight. Yeah, Jia Pedro getting on the
0: uh the score sheet, which is really nice. Evan Ferguson as well. Yeah. Solly March breaking
1: the score and he's so good. I said Solly March is that guy. His goal was good as
0: well. It's it's, it's just really interesting. And this
1: Adingra guy, so there's like another gem that they've unearthed that um, 18 years old, came in, first start, scored, and he looks like an absolute player. Baller. So it's one of those. They've already signed their Saicedo replacement. Um, I think he's called, I can't remember his name, Casera or something. Hold on,
0: I got it. Liga? No, no. James Milner? (laughs) <laughs> he, that's the guy. Apparently young. I think they got
1: from Liverpool. Young, unknown guy. Yeah, young,
0: unknown guy. Amazing What guy? Yeah, I big like that. guy.
1: Yeah. But yeah, no, I think Brighton... They're one of those teams where I don't think they're going to come to the heights they got last season. But I think that's just because of the sheer amount of high-quality players they lost. I don't know. I, I genuinely think De might be that guy. De do be at cooking. He
0: might... We might forget who Jürgen Klopp is in a bit, and I just think be "I've like, already
1: forgotten who Jürgen Klopp is." Because
0: Desobry might be doing it.
1: Yeah. Can you imagine? Oh,
0: I'm. Hold on, I'm just seeing the future here. Look at that. Next summer.
1: Sorry. Next summer,
0: we're gonna see Don Carlo leave, and he's gonna, uh, the uh, Los Blancos here. Yeah? Jürgen Klopp is going there. To Los Blancos, okay. You're you feeling me, kinda. Yeah, and, well, then, I... and then, and then, to to Liverpool, Pep back to Barca.
1: Oh, that would be nuts. I've written but the then script. What happens to Xavi and do you know Saudi. what that would do as well? That would allow Jurgen Klopp to finally manage Jude Bellingham, which he's been gagging for.
0: Oh, mate, that would be the true testimony it. Would almost be because yeah. I think and actually, as well. re- Real Madrid have the better team. Yeah. They have the better sort of outlook going forward than yeah. Barcelona. They're not as a pool like a Spotify naming a stadium sort of deal.
1: <laughs>
0: um, <laughs> but yeah, so Jurgen will be in the driving seat in that relationship in terms yeah. of him versus Pep. Whereas Pep's always had the money. Here so the money. I've written the script.
1: Come back in uh, next summer. I'm just saying. Final game we're going to touch on is Brentford hosting Spurs. Angie Postacoglu Touches down in the UK for his first game in the Premier League. No longer allowed to play FBL. Pretty impressed with Spurs. Yeah. I think I was impressed with Brentford anyway, but we know Brentford are good. Especially and, but even without Tony. And we know, we said it in the previews, we think they're going to be good without Tony anyway. They're yeah. so well regimented. Thomas Frank's a good manager. Very solid. They're, their unit's good. Defensive recruitment's I like, I, good. I
0: almost liken them to like a Newcastle, but a tier below. Yeah. They're, they're
1: just, just solid throughout. Solid throughout. And Bomo, I think, is such an underrated player. The midfield's so solid defensive. Uh, he's one though good. he's one where
0: this is perfect for him. I think if he goes on to a better team, he, he get he drown he like drowns in his Maybe. own success. I think he's perfect right here. Christian Mero's header, can we just talk about that? The James Madison good. assist. What an unbelievable goal. Yeah. I think he headed it so hard he got a concussion.
1: <laughs> yeah, literally. I had a bet Mental. on him to get a yellow card and then I got it refunded because um he went off early. Yeah. But um, yeah, I was gonna say we—I was impressed with Brentford, but that was a given. I think they—they are a solid unit. I think Spurs came into this season unknown quantity, especially just losing Harry Kane. I wasn't overly impressed with the front line of uh, Kulusevski, Son, and Richardson. I think for me, that front line isn't clinical enough. But what I was impressed with was the midfield of Basuma, Skip, and Madison. Not so much Skip. I Think Skip's a little bit. Pony, I think I think he actually might be a championship player. But Basuma had his first decent game at Spurs. Has he not got
0: a cap for England.
1: Who Basuma? <laughs> no, Skip, yeah, no, he can't have. Sure. Is it him or Harry Wings has got a cap? Harry for Wings has got a cap for England. Oh, that's mad, but um, yeah, that's mad. Basuma had his first decent game ever for Spurs. He should play for England, <laughs> and so he was really good. And no, then James Madison, good. I think he brings. That kind of attacking creative uh, quality that we've been saying Spurs have needed for a while. Just it's something they haven't had since the likes of Eriksen back here. And it? it's a shame that he didn't get to link up with Harry Kane that often, because I think that could have been naughty. But it's a shame, not again. But I think he will be the driving force in this Spurs team this season. Off the, off the mark with two assists, I think, um yeah. I think he's gonna be that guy. I just want to see more clinicality. From that front free of Son. Yeah. Son, my guy, his form is just it's off a cliff, how bad to, it is. I don't know whether he's just. Is he like. Has he just returned case? to kind of.
0: No, not even returned, because he was never this bad.
1: Yeah, I don't know. Some, someone needs to check in on Son, because he's got the captain's armband now. So yeah, son's yeah, literally. So someone needs to check in and make sure he's ready to lift that weight. Kuliseski, I think he very much had a hot streak when he first hit the Prem. And he's kind of got back down to a level where he's a bit average. And then Richardson, we haven't seen him do it in the prem properly. If you want to find out what we really think, as well as what another special guest thinks, Richardson,
0: make sure you subscribe because next week you're coming hot and heavy. But yeah, no, I I like Spurs. I like what they're doing, but yeah, it's, it's, it's they're in a difficult position. They've just lost their talisman for the last decade, and they haven't. They, he is irreplace. He cannot be replaced. He actually can't be replaced. They don't have the facilities for that.
1: We do not have the facilities.
0: But yeah, I I think it's positive on the Two thumbs up. Positive
1: ugly.
0: Positive ugly. <laughs> Guys, if you've enjoyed this episode, make sure you hit that like button. It means a lot to us. Also, we've said it a numerous amount of times. If you want to be here for the biggest video. Uh, we're gonna break the net. Stick
1: around. Next Tuesday. Next Tuesday. So we've got one more video coming out later on this week. Mm-hmm. We're doing a very special manager ranking, where we rank all twenty Premier League managers, including managers that are not in including managers anymore. that are no longer in the Premier League <laughs> for some fucking annoying reason. But you weren't here for Lopetegui. And then next week, we won't spoil it, but we've got our biggest video so far as a as a channel. And we're so excited to drop it. Um, keep an eye on our socials. We've already teased it a little bit. Um, yeah, it's huge. Yeah. Thank you very much for watching,
0: guys. It's been Board Draw. The Premier League is back. And we're loving it. And it's live.
1: Come on. Let's go.